Welcome again to Omishare podcast, the podcast where men share openly and uh, we are speaking to you from this side of Nairobi, Kenya. Thank you very much for those men who have been sending messages uh, from uh, Washington, from Australia, from Nigeria, from Johannesburg in South Africa and to our Far East friends in Dubai and Qatar. Thank you very much. We continue inspiring and continue uh, creating these messages so that can, they can be able to reach as many men and families out there across the globe. Thank you for just being uh, faithful listeners. For those of you who have been with us, journey with us from episode one. Today we are in episode 24. Can you imagine what a great achievement and we are really proud of what this tool has been able to do out there. This uh, day... We have Dr. Stanley Mukwale who's joined us. Uh, he's not new to you for those who've been here with us from the beginning. And we are privileged to have you again here to be share. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. Karibu sana. We, as always, we just want to uh, say that we are happy to have you on the show to share your wisdom, to share your experience, especially in the area of family ministry. Mm-hmm. And we know that uh, you're doing a great work uh, here at Raising Future Parents. So you could just introduce yourself and maybe just say something small of what Raising Future Parents do. For those yeah. of you who have not met me, my name is Stanley Mokolwe been married to Patience Mukolwe for the last 38 years. We have three children and two grandchildren. Mm. And as I, I serve as a field ministry partner with the Navigators in Africa, mm. my assignment with the Navigators is to bring the advance of the gospel through the family. Mm. And uh, we formed Raising Future Parents as a tool through which we can deliver our seminars people come to us with needs in marriage. Mm-hmm. They come to us with needs in child raising. Mm-hmm. They come to us with uh, relational challenges. Yeah. They come to us asking, how do you talk to our children about sex? Mm-hmm. What do I do with my teenagers? Mm-hmm. So we have a number of courses that we offer parents. Mm-hmm. The first course is called Raising Future Parents, which focuses on parents of children 0 to 12. Mm-hmm. We meet for 12 weeks, mm-hmm. and each meeting lasts three, about two to two and a half to three hours. Mm-hmm. We I give an interactive lecture. I work with a team that does that. Mm-hmm. We get parents into small groups and uh, we give content and discuss real life situations in parenting. Mm-hmm. Our second mm-hmm. course is called Courageous Parenting. I know that one. I've heard of that one. <laughs> that one focuses on parents of teenagers. Yeah. And we actually want those with children just below the teenage years from 10, 11 upwards to come mm. because nothing magical really happens at age 13. Mm. But a transition becomes around age, starts about age 9, 10, 11. Mm-hmm. And they come in for six, sometimes we do seven sessions where they're coaching parents to understand their teenagers, mm. to understand what's going on in the heart of the teenager mm. and to coach them to be able to raise them effectively, mm. to steer them through this stage of life yeah. so they can emerge on the other side as adults, mm. responsible adults. I must thank you for courageous parenting because we've been the beneficiaries of it. Yes. Our 16-year-old daughter now. Yes. It's really a confusing age. Uh, but thanks to courageous parenting and a couple of other parents, we sat down and when they were sharing even their experiences with their teenagers, we were like, we're not alone. Yes. So we're yes. not abnormal. <laughs> not at all. 
Yeah, so that's, yeah. A, that's a good course that you're offering there. Yeah. The third right. one is, uh, we, t- we call it peers without pressure. Mm. Because we realize that as children grow, and especially become ad- uh, adolescents, mm. the biggest negative influence on that child is the peer. Mm-hmm. So we have a course where we coach parents mm-hmm. on how to disciple their children mm-hmm. and how to reach out to the network of friends, the peers of those children, mm-hmm. and disciple them together. Okay. So that when they are together, they have similar values. Mm-hmm. And we teach from the Bible. We are very proud of the fact that we teach from the Bible. From the Bible yeah. We want them to have biblical values mm-hmm. and so that they can go through positive pressure. Mm-hmm. When one of them is going off track, the others can say, hey, mm-hmm. we're not with you on this. Mm-hmm. So we want to have peers without the pressure of peers. Peers mm-hmm. without pressure. Peers without pressure. And that's a great wow. course. Yes, I like the name. Yes. Um, and, and I know being a family ministry, there's also the issue of marriage. Yes. There's the relationship of marriage. Um, and I think that's the crank of the conversations you're going to have today yes. about yes. The, the five developments of our relationship, yes. the stages yes. of our relationship. Yes. Um, thank you so much for the work that you're doing at Raising Future Parents and I think a big issue that many of the men who are listening to this podcast some are married, they are those who are newly married, they are those who are probably doing teenage uh, anniversaries like myself. Yes. I was celebrating 18 years this weekend with Shiko. Congratulations. Being married to Shiko with uh, three lovely children. Um, we really look forward mm-hmm. uh, to this small break we're going to take over this weekend. Um, but just for people like us to understand whether we've actually gone through those five stages effectively. Yes, Gavin, yeah. you talk about five stages and there could be more. Mm-hmm. But these five stages we've realized that most relationships go through them before people get married. Wow. And uh, I learned this wisdom from a man who died at age 104. His name was Jim Downing. Mm-hmm. And Jim and I spent some time together. Mm-hmm. And Jim said to me, Stan, the first stage that people go through before they really get to marriage, mm-hmm. the stage of awareness. Stage of awareness. Awareness. You know, you can be a classmate with a woman, mm-hmm. but you don't really, you're not aware of her. She's mm-hmm. there, you see her every day, hi, hi. Your lives go on, you're not aware that she exists mm-hmm. until you're given a project into a small group and you begin to work with her in that small group and suddenly you become aware of her. Mm-hmm. So she was there. Yeah. But you, you didn't take notice of her. There's no mm-hmm. reason to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But because of close interaction, mm-hmm. you become aware of her. Mm-hmm. And when you do, you desire to get better acquainted. Mm-hmm. There are times you become aware of a person and you want nothing to do with them. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, when, when you get aware of them, mm-hmm. you begin to do things together. You begin to admire how they do things. You want to get mm-hmm. better acquainted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What you really wanted to do is to exchange value systems. 
Mm. And so you you take them away from the small group, away from the crowd, mm. and you want to meet with them one on one, maybe over a cup of coffee, mm. maybe over dinner. Mm. You want to do it cautiously so that you don't push the relationship too quickly. Mm. And you pretty much talk about each other. Mm-hmm. And as you're trying to understand who is this person, mm-hmm. they understand who you are. Mm-hmm. You make up your mind whether or not mm-hmm. you want to continue meeting them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes on that first meeting, you decide, I don't want to know them any mm-hmm. deeper. We'll remain at the acquaintance level. Mm-hmm. But there are times that after the awareness stage and you begin to meet and begin to interact mm-hmm. over life issues, over family issues, mm-hmm you begin to respect this person. Mm. And that respect, that's a second stage of the relationship. Forming a respect for this other person. Yes, they may tell Mm. you, they may share with you Mm -hmm. what they consider is a horrible way to start knowing somebody. They may tell you about their parents who died and how they stepped in. Mm. They're the ones who are paying school fees for their siblings and Mm. you think, wow, you are doing that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or they may share something about their lives that really makes you respect them. Mm. Say, wow. Mm. People people go through stuff and it doesn't show on your face. You do all that, you carry all that. Mm. So you respect them. You respect them. And and I think that first phase of awareness is, uh, you said it's exchanging value systems. More or less like data collection because you're trying to collection. collect data. You're yeah, dating, but yeah. not quite. <laughs> <laughs> just, just collecting data and then just trying to see how whether this person fits in with your values. Exactly. I think that's what you're saying. Exactly. And then it moves into another stage called uh, you respect the response. Yeah, this data you've processed it and uh, you start respecting them for the things they have done or who they are. Yes. Mm. And mutual respect mm-hmm. is a foundation for lifelong relationships. Mm. You know, we often talk in marriage about the uh, wife respecting her husband. Yeah. But you know, in Ephesians 5 and verse 21, mm. it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Mm. There's a mutual submission yeah. because of a mutual respect. Mm. And that verse comes in mm-hmm. before wives submit to husbands, wives respect your husbands. Mm. It comes in before there's a mutual submission. Mm-hmm. This is a body of Christ verse, mm-hmm. not just a marriage verse. Mm. And it's easy to do that when you're dating. Yes. And then when you enter into marriage, I don't know whether that mutual submission is, it, it, it doesn't come easily for some of the, the men because probably of the way they've seen uh, their fathers yes. relating to their wives. But that's a, that's a different topic anyway. But Yes. Uh, so yeah. respect, when you begin to respect someone, mm-hmm. you want to know them about a bit for a bit more. Mm-hmm. And that leads us to the third stage, the stage of admiration. You admire them. Mm-hmm. You admire them. You, you see more in this person mm-hmm. than you see in other people. And uh, these first three stages of awareness, respect, mm. and admiration, mm. this can take place at a place of work mm. with no romance in it. Wow. You can admire the way your boss handled a difficult situation. Mm. Mm. You can admire the way a particular worker mm. put in so much time to get a deadline mm. to be met. You can admire somebody. Mm-hmm. You can respect them for their ability to overcome challenges, for their resilience. Mm-hmm. So awareness, admiration, and respect mm-hmm. can happen mm-hmm. in a neighborhood, in a place of work, mm-hmm. with no romance in it. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So that means there's a crop of 
people who actually skip and go to the romance yes before even they experience admiration exactly or have even mutual respect and many of those people are lasting for one another the last the last for one another mm-hmm. yeah you don't want that but mm. when there's clean admiration mm. it leads to affection mm-hmm. you don't want to cross that line in the place of work mm-hmm. you don't want to cross it in the neighborhood this is now becomes intentional because in affection stage 4 yeah. there is a fondness for one another you're fond of them mm-hmm. there's a warmth Yeah. towards one another yeah. there is a care for one another yeah. um it's it's come from noticing to to affection you say things to one another mm. that makes you long to see each other mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this is to stage five mm-hmm. which is love mm-hmm. and when love begins to grow mm-hmm. there's a chemistry that happens between the two mm-hmm that overrides logical reasoning. Mm-hmm. 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 You know when she asks you can we meet uh, at Galleria at 5 mm-hmm. and uh, the matatus on strike mm-hmm. <laughs> it's raining yeah somehow you find yourself the, the, there. the man will show up <laughs> <laughs> the man will show up you you will climb mountains and will be there yeah, yeah. Mm. it is not logic mm. the, it's it's irrational it's illogical but there's mm. a blend of chemistry and i'm calling it chemistry because mm. i don't really know what else to call it yeah that, that's chemistry yeah and you probably show up with a gift maybe some bouquet <laughs> exactly. of flowers or something exactly yeah, yeah. so that's love that's love mm. and you know the bible describes in in proverbs 30 in verse 19 mm-hmm. it describes four things that are hard to understand mm-hmm. the first mm-hmm. is the way of an eagle in the sky mm-hmm. how it can glide in the sky mm-hmm. without being blown off by the wind it mm-hmm. takes advantage of the currents of the wind yeah. and glides in there the way of the eagle in the sky mm-hmm. the way of a, of a ship mm-hmm. in the sea Mm-hmm. this i mean the ships can be very large mm-hmm. but like a drop in the ocean in a large ocean yeah. but somehow they maneuver their way through the sea mm-hmm. in the olden days when ships were had sails mm-hmm. you can set your sail to catch the wind to take it in the right direction mm-hmm. and that's that's quite a wonder mm-hmm. the third one is the way of a stake mm-hmm. on a rock yeah. this thing has no legs mm-hmm. but can climb up mm-hmm. climb up the rocks mm-hmm. that's something to wonder about yeah. the way they defy gravity yes yes steep yes. uh, 60 degree rocks yeah. Yeah. yeah but the fourth one mm-hmm. is the way of a man with a maiden mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> probably has a character yes. itself yeah there's there's a chemistry there that you're thinking you can't quite put it to words mm-hmm. but when love kicks in it's illogical it's irrational but there's a bond that develops mm. but if for that bond to develop mm. there was admiration yeah. there was a respect there was affection before it comes to that mm. when you skip those places mm-hmm. the love can be quite fake you can call it love but it's not quite it's love. not quite love no, no. That, that, that's interesting doctor and, and i think paul apostle paul talked about the way of a man and a woman yes 
being a mystery being a mystery when yeah. the disciples heard what yeah. marriage should look like yeah. they said to the lord in that case it's better not to marry mm. <laughs> <laughs> more problems more problems but yeah. there are strong marriages and yeah. i've been married 38 years oh, i can tell you that, uh, yeah people mm. say you know you know what to familiana you know to be honest mm. i don't familiar my wife mm. i enjoy her yeah Yeah. She's a great woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Dr. I've seen my 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 dad, uh, my mom are now 53 years. Mm. Married still together and I, sometimes I see them seated together and just drawn in their own company oblivious of everyone who's around them. Yeah. And I look at my wife and I say I I, I desire that. I think that's what you're saying that that, that love becomes I think that that's the first Corinthian starting becomes unconditional yes and sacrificial at the same time that it will lead this man to go to Galeria for that date despite all the obstacles that are along yes. the way because he has a, a deeper longing um, to be with this person whom he loves and, and, and Kevin in mm. Kenya mm. we have some challenges during the time of politics mm. with a different tribe taking different sides yes but when it comes to marriage mm. you'll find that the man and the woman getting married mm. maybe from two politically different camps mm. but love overrides it love overrides it yes <laughs> and and, the, and probably enemies uh, yeah. it's like each other politically politically they dislike mm. each other mm. but if they love one another yeah somehow they are able to override it so there's no logic to it when the mm. chemistry is there mm. you can scale a mountain mm. you can scale a mountain yeah. and, and so mm. when a marriage struggles mm-hmm. you have to ask yourself mm. what did you respect and admire about the other person mm. Mm. talking to men what did you respect yeah. and admire about mm. your wife before you married her mm. If you can note that down mm. and then ask the question what caused the respect to deteriorate mm. because before mm. marriage has issues in it yeah respect and admiration begins to deteriorate mm. the question is can respect and admiration be restored can it be restored mm. if it can it's a good question it's a wonderful thing mm. but if it can't that relationship is in bad shape it's in bad shape there's a high risk of an affair in that mm-hmm. relationship mm-hmm. there's a high risk of separation yes there's a high risk of divorce mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. in asking those questions many times when the marriage is not going well we like to point fingers at one another you want to say why don't you respect me these days mm-hmm. Mm. I've learned over the last 38 years not to do that. Mm-hmm. Rather than asking why don't you respect me, mm-hmm. you'd rather ask what have I done mm. that has made me mm-hmm. lose respect in your eyes. Mm. That requires a lot of humility. It requires humility. It requires for you to think that the problem is not always on the other side. Mm. I could be the cause of the problem yeah. and be unaware of it. I, I love that question. It's introspective. Yes. At the same time allowing the other person to process with you why you feel and when you ask it down. that way, mm. the person has a permission, your permission because you've mm. asked them what have I done yeah. that has made you lose respect for me. Mm. They may say, "Hey, it's nothing you have done." 
mm-hmm. but it opens up the conversation yeah and a secure environment also provides a secure environment exactly mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. and if they point at what it is mm-hmm. you can actually say what do i need to do mm-hmm. to restore that respect mm-hmm. finger pointing at self yeah That doesn't mean that you're taking responsibility for all the issues the marriage mm. but you're framing the question in such a way that you can get answers. Mm. Yes. If you're yes. always pointing fingers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you keep on alienating yourself from mm-hmm. the person mm-hmm. that you are aware of mm-hmm. that you admired mm-hmm. that you respected mm-hmm. that you are affectionate for yeah. that you loved. Yeah. And you don't really want to create unnecessary distance. with that person. Yeah. Remember men, if you had not married that woman, yeah. someone else could have married her. <laughs> <laughs> the men don't like hearing that. Oh yeah. I've had that many times before but it, it still doesn't sink in properly. Someone else could have married that chico. Imagine. Someone wow. else could have taken care of her. Yes. She yeah. might be a very happy woman. Yeah. So, but you married her. Yeah. Then you made her pregnant. Mm. And then yeah. she's raising your children. Yeah. Yeah. Just love her. Yeah. Just take care of her. Yeah. Whatever issues there are, mm. let's work through them. Mm. Yeah. Let this marriage work. And let this marriage work. Yeah. You know, Dr. you mentioned it's very, very, a, a good, pro, uh, is it a trajectory or a good build-up yes. towards uh, loving one another, especially from the wives and the husbands. Mm. And um, I know there are many men who are listening who are there. They are married. And that question that you've asked, are there things that I may have done myself that has caused this uh, reaction from you, a way of you not showing me respect? I think for me it's a clincher uh, of this discussion because it requires a lot of humility and also a self-denial of wanting to be understood yes. and just say, I want you to understand my spouse better. Why is she reacting this way? Why is she angered? Um, I mean, I, I, I find sometimes you, you're in a position where you're always asking for forgiveness and saying sorry. And uh, once I was in a discussion with some fellow men and he was saying, I'm always apologizing, always apologizing. Is there something that I've not done right? Or is it, is it that um, they're seeing only the wrong in me? Can't they see that I'm working hard, providing, taking care of the kids, mm-hmm. taking them for holidays, listening to them uh, whenever they ask for whatever it is? So the men are actually really trying to do their part, but they still feel misunderstood. Yes. I think that question really uh, is, it opens up a Pandora's box yeah. that maybe the men have never seen. Yes. Um, and that's, that's a good question to ask. What have yeah. I done yeah. that has made me lose respect in mm. my mm. Mm. What mm. can I do to restore it? It's mm. mm. a good question. It's a good question. Um, two months ago, we were with other friends, uh, other couples, uh, two other couples, and we had an aha moment after a very uh, deep dinner that we had we had and I think the guys in the <coughs> in the group were reporting one another. The mm. wives were reporting the husbands mm. and the husbands were reporting their wives. So it's an accountability group. And one of the things that um, we discovered after the meeting was that we were not appreciating each other enough. We were not affirming each other enough. Mm. We were not uh, saying things to one another that made us respect our uh, spouses. And so one of the sentences that we came up with 
that evening at a restaurant and we almost been kicked out because we are we had almost stayed. So I came up with a sentence and I said, mm, for Shiko, what is the thing that I see in you that I appreciate? What is that thing? What is a woman that I see in you? And so the sentence would go something like, Shiko, the woman that I see in you is a loving, a caring, and a hardworking woman. Mm. And for a very long time, that's not something that she had had. Mm. It's, it was often assumed. How did her countenance change? It changed. She lit up. She lit up. And now when it was her turn to say the words back to me, the man that I see you, Kevin, is one, two, three things. It really encouraged me. Yeah. And then from yeah. that point of encouragement, mm. from that foundation, mm. you can then talk about the challenges. Okay. But very many, mm. very many marriages, you sweep the good things under the carpet. You don't even mm. notice them. You never mention them. At you all. only talk about the challenges. Mm. And in some relationships, they don't want to talk about the challenges. So they mm. just move on. Mm-hmm. They... They're angry. The most common emotion in many men in marriage mm. is anger. Mm. And uh, some people stuff it in and just walk away. Mm. Some of them explode and spew on their wives and they feel better because they've spewed out the anger. Yeah. But they've just made their wife very, very angry. Mm. And uh, the tensions begin to con- you know, begin to emerge in that marriage. Mm. And very soon... Mm-hmm one or both parties begin to find, begin to become aware of somebody else outside of the marriage. Mm. They begin to admire somebody else out of the marriage. They seem to respect someone else out of the marriage. Ah. The cycle begins to take place. The marriage is in place, but Mm. this cycle of the five stages of the the relationship Mm. begins to take place elsewhere. (laughs) And those are the building blocks of an affair. Wow. I think that's a very good place to pause because we're going to come maybe next week to discuss now those uh, stumbling blocks yes. that will cause the affairs, yes. the different scenarios and the things that will lead to that. Yes. And any one of us mm. is uh, susceptible. You have to be aware of it mm-hmm. and guard against it. Mm. Any one of us. Anyone. The Nobody. moment you say it can never happen to me, mm-hmm. you become target number one. <laughs> God, 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 it's only God who, who knows the story and will save us. Yes. Yeah. We must do everything possible mm. not to get into it, mm. but we must never, no matter how long you've had your marriage without an affair, mm. that alone is not proof that you'll never have one. Mm. So you must always be on guard. Yeah. Well, Dr. Ari, as always, um, this is such a privilege to have uh, had you over and just to listen to these five stages of a relationship of developing a relationship and um, thank you so much for us being able to share that I believe you as a man out there or even the ladies uh, you've been able to hear the five stages and you probably just need to retrace your footsteps again and try to ask those questions remember the deep question that we asked uh, earlier in the show so we believe that um, we'll continue discussing this topic and next week we're going to look at now the different uh, scenarios or the stumbling blocks and then if not looked after would then develop into an affair yes 
and possibly separations and divorces, the things that would cause those kind of dysfunctional relationships to happen. Asante Daktari for coming over. Thank you, Kevin. As always. Give me a chance to share. Yes, I will share, Kevin. We share, share deeply. <laughs> deeply. Um, thank you, guys. And uh, see you next week. You've been listening to Ume Share, where men share openly. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.